A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. The Zone. You could go to Chicago to hear about the Board of Trade, but isn't it easier to listen to Pam Yonke? This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Yeah, not just me, but how about our partners like John Heinberg, market advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. He is going to be stepping in before the show is over. Take a look at the latest crop progress report. Transportation issues continue to plague our Wisconsin farmers trying to get their product from the field to the elevator, from the elevator to the international marketplace. Talking with John about that on a Tuesday. So weather-wise, it's a little chilly out there this morning. You can definitely notice that we have got a fall feel in the air. And I saw this coming weekend, I believe, is the end of daylight savings time. So an adjustment on the watches and clocks coming up. Today we'll look for some sunny skies. 43 are expected high, so not a lot different than where it's at right now. Tonight, down to 23. For Wednesday, sunshine and 43. Thursday, sunshine and 47. By the time we get to Friday, hopefully, sunshine and 51. The good news is we're staying dry. Weather with Stu Muck on the way. Whether you compete on the court, at the track, on the field, or in the fields, winning isn't just a goal. It's a mindset shaped, honed, and defined throughout the season. That's why farmers pushing themselves to be the best plant decal brand corn. Wherever you compete, winning has roots. Perform at your best with decal. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. Lots of reports we read. Demand is up for dairy products. People are consuming and buying more dairy products. But where is the price going? Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. And Pam, you and I have been around this for a long time, and we know there are so many variables in this dairy industry as far as pricing is concerned. It's hard for the average person to uh, understand where these prices are going. So you got to go to the experts. Yeah, we do. And uh, I lean on them heavy, just like you do too, Bob. Fabulous farm, Pam Yankee, the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. You know, it's not normal to see a surprise in some of these reports. You kind of know what's coming. We see the patterns. But this time around, when it came to September milk production, we did get a surprise. Pretty much flat here in the United States as far as overall milk was concerned. And that's not just a domestic trend, that's getting to be a global trend. I talked about it with Dr. Mark Stevenson with the Center for Dairy Profitability. Now, let's face it, he has been a dairy economist his entire career. He follows these reports. You wouldn't expect him to be surprised. But the September milk report, yep, it surprised him. Oh, I was really surprised, Pam. Uh, This is the slowest growth in milk production that we've seen since... uh, well, we had a couple months in 2019 that were down here, but, but essentially this is really slow growth, so we've really tailed off a lot. And it's coming at a time when we still have pretty good demand for dairy, correct, both domestically and internationally? That's exactly right. No, our domestic demand has held up surprisingly well. There's been a little bit of shift in product mix, you know, that people have wanted, but, you know, it's 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 been really good and export demand has been great. Our real problems have been just in like transportation, getting ships out of ports, that type of thing. 
Um, so we've had a lot of opportunity to be selling. And we've produced a lot of milk this last year. Uh, the problem has been that I, I think two things. One is that the weather's been bad. So in some parts of the country, they've been under severe drought and uh, that's and, and high heat. That's impacted milk production uh, in some of the western states. And our feed prices have been up uh, for a good deal of the year. So even though milk prices aren't that bad, um, the margins have not been great. So farms have been, uh, been cashing out. Yeah, and th- that's the thing that I really noticed, Mark. It's uh, it's not just one region. It looks like there's dairy farms tossing in the towel in a lot of different places, including, what should we say, the upper eastern portion of the United States? Yes, we've, we've seen farm closures happening um, all around the country. Um, some of those states, you know, are the ones that are not big milk producers anyway, uh, states like Delaware or you know, Connecticut, areas where we've only got a handful of farms left. But even in some of the bigger milk-producing states like New York, we've seen some pretty slow growth going on there and real slowdowns from the last few months. And the cold cow price is still actually holding up pretty well with all this. It has held up pretty well. Um, there's been a big demand for beef. You know, surprising thing to me is just what total retail sales have been doing. They're well up. I mean, people have been on a buying spree. A lot of folks that have not been uh, doing their traveling or even working from home have saved money. They've wanted to spend money on things. The big problem has been supply chain disruptions that have held them up. And that's one of the reasons that we're seeing so much price inflation going on, too, that we got people ready and wanting to spend money to buy things, and things aren't available, and the prices are increasing. So... That's been a bit of an issue. Talk to me a little bit on some of the regional movement of cattle that you've seen, Mark. I mean, I'm looking at New Mexico. I'm looking at Arizona, uh, Florida, uh, a lot of cows that uh, got moved. Is this something that you think is going to end, or is this a tale of 2022? Well, we've been seeing some of this migration happening anyway, Pam, especially out of the southeast and into the more northerly twos of states. Um, cows don't like that hot, humid climate. So that's been one thing that's been pushing dairy further north all the time. Um, but the other thing is just that these margins, it's been more typical to buy a higher proportion of your feedstuffs, not growing and raising the forages yourself um, in many of those states. New Mexico, I think, is a good example of that where we've seen a lot of cows going out recently, um, and, and farm closers down there. It's just, you know, they've been losing money here for a period of time, and it's some folks just throwing in the towel. You know, this trend that we're seeing of flat milk production in the United States is not limited to the United States. European Union is pretty much on the same track, is it not? They are. They're on a track of very slow growth, and they've actually had negative growth and loss of milk production in uh, the past few months. Um, New Zealand uh, has had uh, almost 5% down from where they were at the same time last year. Australia, not down quite that much, but still down. Um, you know, so most of the major exporting countries of the world have been either very slow growth or down. And at the same time, we've seen the demand for dairy products, countries like China, Mexico picking up a lot of demand lately. 
um, a handful of others. And uh, so there are sales opportunities, but looks tight across the globe. Yeah, that's which is incredible. Dr. Mark Stevenson with the Center for Dairy Profitability along with us. So let's forecast a little bit here, Mark. We all know the dairy industry is very resilient. And when we see an opportunity, we can fill that gap pretty doggone fast. Tell me what you're seeing, not just domestically, but on that world scene going into 2022. I think the European Union is on a trajectory for some longer-term change. This is not just a a little bump down or a bump up for uh, some countries. This is more of a longer-term trajectory. Um, Many of the big milk-producing countries in Europe have had tight margins, just like we have. And think about um, the United Kingdom, think about uh, Germany and France. Uh, but some of the other countries have been bumping up against um, environmental issues. So uh, phosphorus loading in, in places like the Netherlands. Um, and some of those same things have been a problem for New Zealand. So the places where we've seen growth in lots of big milk production in the past are bumping up against constraints that they haven't had before. I think that, you know, this is one of the things we've talked about for a couple, three years, that the expectations that the U.S. can produce and deliver more milk and dairy products than many of the other countries can, we'll probably pick up market share over time, but we've got a few issues of our own right now. Thin margins and transportation issues are certainly among those. Let's talk about the infrastructure that we've got, not the shipping so much, but our processing facilities. You know, Agripor making that big announcement up by Little Shoot that they are ramping up on major production there. What are you hearing or what are you noticing on the processor side of things, Mark? On the cheese side, we've seen some investment around the country. So um, Agripor, for sure, in our own backyard, but we've seen uh, added capacity over along that I-29 corridor. Uh, you know, up to uh, uh, South Dakota and uh, Iowa. We've also seen additional investment. Of course, that plant in the center of Michigan has been you know, a big news story, and that's uh, well up on volume right now. They've taken all kinds of milk. Um, and we've also had, oh, boy, now you're making me think, is it Colorado where we've had new investment? Leprino announced a new uh, plant investment there, and uh, one down, I believe, in New Mexico as well. So, um, or no, Arizona, sorry about that. Uh, so there's been investment in cheese capacity, which I think is going to be a new sales opportunity for us. We've been competitive with cheese prices on world markets lately. But it also probably means that our cheese prices aren't going to have that opportunity to soar to those um, high $2 a pound ranges. You know, they're going to have to stay down there in that competitive range. If you think about milk powder, um, we're competitive all the time, and we have to be because we export half of our powder out of the country. Um, If we're going to start being a big exporter of cheese, then we're going to have to be competitive with that product all the time, too. Um, so I think that tells us that maybe we'll have more stable uh, prices, but um, we aren't going to see them soaring up there into those high ranges uh, very often anymore. Well, you know, and we are into a sweet spot for the dairy industry. We've got that holiday demand that's going to be hopefully kicking in. Uh, that might get us kind of bullish on the short term. Given the supply chain situation and some of that issue, Mark, do you think this is going to be a normal holiday pattern for dairy? 
Oh, you know, by now, uh, most of the uh, big buyers have bought or secured their dairy product needs for um, that big demand season, which is Thanksgiving through, what, Super Bowl. Um, that's the big time period when we're selling all kinds of cheese and butter. Um, and it would be unlikely if people are trying to secure big volumes at this point in time for those sales. They probably got them locked in. Uh, but we'll have to watch and see how demand uh, actually gets related to the customer, you know, out through the stores. We've, we've had some of this flux with uh, people surging back out to restaurants uh, again and then a little bit more contraction, you know, pulling back. We have to watch some of these institutional sales like the schools. Um, we don't want to see more big breakouts of uh, COVID happening and, and schools closing for periods of time, uh, quarantining, um, those, those impact sales, too. Mm-hmm. Very true. Dr. Mark Stevenson with the Center for Dairy Profitability along with us. Again, the 24 major dairy-producing states in the United States up only 0.4% in the month of September as far as milk production is concerned. Not just a domestic trend, a global trend. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Is your biggest fear of having dermal filler in the face looking overdone? You are not alone. A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Dermal filler treatments at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie restore fullness and fill in wrinkles in areas of the face such as the cheeks, under eyes, lips, and around the mouth. It's very difficult to look overdone with non-surgical dermal fillers due to the amount that's typically injected. Did you know that one syringe of filler equals one-fifth of a teaspoon? One fast food ketchup packet is equivalent to eight syringes. As long as your treatment is performed by a skilled medical professional, you should have the natural-looking results you desire. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. When we help accident victims, we fight to get them full justice, nothing less. That means all of the losses your injuries cause, medical bills, lost wages, and compensation for all your pain and suffering, now and in the future. I'm John Rihala. At Clifford & Rihala, we rely on thorough analysis detailed preparation, and a strong compassion for our clients to help you achieve your maximum recovery. Over decades of helping accident victims, we've built a track record of success that you can trust. When you choose Clifford & Rihala, we'll fight to make those responsible for your injuries pay you nothing less than the full compensation you deserve to make things right. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hardworking, skilled attorneys, fighting for you, for justice. MyJustice.com. Pam is the name. Farm speak is the game. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Little slip of the moon out there this morning. If you get a chance to catch that visual, I think most of us are under clear skies. Let's talk weather. It's time to catch up with our buddy, Stu Muck, ag meteorologist. Uh, Stan, the man, texted me that. I had noticed it this morning, saw it uh, yesterday morning. Uh, those clear skies out there definitely... 
uh, foretelling of what we're going to experience the this morning at least, huh? Oh, absolutely. This morning, I think tomorrow morning, probably cooler. Could very well be the, the coolest start to a morning here we've had in a while. Uh, it has everything to do with a big, strong, high-pressure system off to our southwest and a very strong low up into eastern Canada. There's all kinds of wind circling that low up in Canada that uh, was part of that breeziness we've had here the last year or so. That tapers off now, not uh, nearly as big of an issue. That's the wind, of course. But the cold air that's circling in from the north in between those two systems, that's the reason those temperatures are cooling down. Today, still not bad. You know, not all that far from normal nighttime lows that are in the mid-30s. We're in the neighborhood at least now, but I'd expect to be almost 10 degrees cooler tomorrow morning. So there's the end of your growing season. If it hasn't ended yet for some reason, uh, it's probably pretty much done when we start talking about this time tomorrow. Now, we will be, of course, having a fair amount of sunshine today, tomorrow, right on into Thursday as well. Weather radar not indicating much going on anywhere, with the exception of a little lake effect snow flurry or sprinkle up into the UP and just into far north central Wisconsin. Uh, Vilas Forest County could have a couple of sprinkles. Oh, there may be a sprinkle at La Crosse or Mauston late this afternoon or evening, maybe a snowflake, just a very slight possibility. Otherwise, things are going to stay pretty dry with that high-pressure system nearby and the cool airs in store. I guess maybe the best news of all of this is the dry spell continues into next week. So any field work certainly isn't going to be slowed down because of moisture. I'll have forecast details right after this. Farmers understand return on investment. They understand the power and the value of the sun. Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. This is just another opportunity for them to look for that power and that value. It's a business decision. Everything that farmers do and don't do on their land and their with their property is money. <laughs> so one of the things that I heard one farmer say, it's a crop that I am yielding. <laughs> uh, instead of harvesting corn on this little section, he's harvesting sunlight to make electricity. You should reach out to us, and we will come out there for a very specialized, specific quote for you to look at your farm. We can put solar anywhere. We can put it on a barn. We can put it on the ground. We can put it on a hill. (laughs) So we can put it anywhere that makes sense to you and your farm and your situation. And then once we design that, even powering your whole farm, you can harvest enough sunlight to have a $0 energy bill. Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com to start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. You know, the nice thing about this weather pattern, though, Stu, is it's dry out there, so hopefully you don't have to do much scratching on the windshield when you need to get started. Well, there's that, yeah. That's just this part of the year, unfortunately. Everybody's been looking for the scrapers at my house. Uh, let's go for sunny skies today. For most of us, clouds roll in at La Crosse and Mauston as we head through the day, not becoming overcast, but some high clouds filtering in there, and that's where there could be that sprinkle. A lot of low or mid-40s for highs, northwest winds 5 to 15. We stay clear overnight, mid-20s with the northwest winds at 5, mostly sunny Wednesday, low 40s, west winds at 5, mostly sunny Thursday, upper 40s, here's your change, west winds at 5, I'd expect Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Pam, back in the 50s, maybe an upper 50 here by Sunday and Monday, so a couple of layers will be shed already by early next week. Well, that's all right, that's all right, and like you said, I do think that uh, a little bit of moisture wouldn't be bad, the latest uh, crop uh, progress report shows some folks in north- northwest Wisconsin already looking for some rain. Oh, absolutely. But then again, not having mud right now isn't all bad either. 
I agree. I agree. All right, dude, we'll catch up with you tomorrow and see what develops, okay? All right, see you then. Stumacher, Ag Meteorologist, with those weather details for you this morning. And uh, like we said, if rain does occur, the Midwest Farm Report talks text line. Love to have you join us. That's 877-301-FARM. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. The Joey Song 2022 Benefit Concert is coming to the Sylvie. Enjoy live music for a great cause. Joey Song raises money to fund epilepsy research and support programs for people battling the disorder. The Joey Song Benefit Concert has sold out for the last four years, and 2022 will be no different. This year's artists include Butch Vig and Duke Erickson of Garbage. Dave Perner from Soul Asylum. Chris Collinwood from Fountains of Wayne and many others. Plus, a special appearance by Charlie Barons of the Manitowoc Minute. Tickets are on sale now. Get yours at joeysong.org or the Sylvie. Fighting epilepsy with music. It's Joey Song. Looking for that unique, one-of-a-kind engagement ring, something that you can customize yourself, maybe a gorgeous pendant necklace, diamond earrings. The place to go, Goodman's Jewelers. They're an icon in Madison. They've been around forever and right on State Street in their same location, a couple blocks from the state capitol. They're the place to go to when it comes to buying jewelry. Goodman's Jewelers has everything from the more traditional style jewelry for your engagement rings, pendants, necklaces, earrings, to the more modern styles as well. They can customize and create anything for you. Unique, funky diamonds, one-of-a-kind pieces, stuff you won't find anywhere else, and price range for everyone. When you step into Goodman's Jewelers, you'll feel the warmth and you'll feel welcome. They'll treat you just like family. You want to go somewhere where you can trust when you're buying jewelry for that special someone? Then remember my friends and family at Goodman's Jewelers. Right there, a couple blocks from the state capitol on State Street. Goodman's Jewelers. Educated mortgage, the smartest way home. the mortgage man. In today's ultra-competitive home market, it's important that you have a local lender on your side to get your offer accepted. Sellers and realtors want to work with me because they know there will be no surprises and the deal get done on time. Educated mortgage, the smartest way home. Call Dan, the mortgage man. NMLS number 222-652. Attorney John Rihala with Clifford and Rihala. At Clifford and Rihala, we have the experience you need to help you after any kind of collision. We help people who have been seriously injured, ranging from pedestrians hit crossing the street, people rear-ended by semi-trucks, to victims of drunk driver crashes. No matter how you've been injured, our experienced and skilled attorneys will help you get your maximum recovery. And very importantly, we also know how to protect that recovery. At Clifford and Rihala, we understand that many issues can come up after a settlement is reached. If those issues aren't handled carefully, an injury victim can lose money. Don't let that happen to you. Call Clifford and Rihala. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hardworking, skilled attorneys fighting for you, for justice. 
MyJustice.com. No doubt about it. The best seat in the house is the one in your bathroom. The toilet is one of those things you never expect to act up or break down. But when it does, Benjamin Plumbing will have one of their capable service techs check things out. It could be something as simple as a float valve. Or it could be you're due for a brand new, comfy toilet. And not to worry, the majority of Benjamin Plumbing's residential repairs are more affordable than you might think. Plus, they stand by their work with a warranty on all parts, labor, and repairs. Temperamental Toilet? Contact your friends at Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses, I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. Have prairie exteriors add more value to your roof? Right now, get free gutters or leaf protection with the purchase of any roof. Imagine a new roof to highlight your home outlined by stunning, handcrafted gutters for free from Prairie Exteriors. Improve the look and value of your property with one of the area's highest rated exterior companies, Prairie Exteriors. Prairie Exteriors, now that's impressive. PrairieExteriors.com So yeah, Aaron Rodgers, he's he's loving. You can tell from what he says, his body language, just how he's acting. He's vibing hard this season. Yeah, and and then look look at some of the players that you you mentioned that they've picked up. I mean, you just we just talked about merciless. Yeah, he's giving them good snaps. Obviously, it's veteran leadership. He's a guy that's played some big time snaps. Mm-hmm. You look at Rasul Douglas, who somehow was on a practice squad. Like that was a guy. Like he even said it in some of the clips we played earlier. That was a guy that. He's a main roster guy. Yeah. yeah. And all of a sudden he found himself on a practice squad going, what the hell am I supposed to do? Well, what do you think? Yeah. He, he said like, uh, he almost felt like, like doing was, nothing. Yeah. He almost felt like he was wasting time. Like he didn't know what he was doing. Well, those are some guys there. We talked about Devondre Campbell being a, a street free agent and being available is, is just wild from where we were at, man, probably two weeks before the season started. We were talking about how, Chris Barnes had played pretty well as an undrafted free agent the year before, and they had just cut Kamal Martin. Mm-hmm. And that was a guy that at times showed flashes in his rookie year, but couldn't stay healthy and didn't necessarily have the sideline to sideline speed that you were necessarily looking for. And remember the the Packers have kind of been searching for a solid inside backer for a long time. And yep. I'm not I'm not talking about like Blake Martinez, who is nice and serviceable, but obviously got overpaid to go to New York. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about the all time, you know, tackler in AJ Hawk, who, you know, he was a solid player, but he wasn't running sideline to sideline. Like you gotta go back to like what, a year or two of like Desmond Bishop? <laughs> or even or I'm serious. Yeah. And even before that, maybe Nick Barnett. Yeah. Like that's a long time ago. That's like Who fifteen years ago. to be ago. one of those injuries that Rogers exactly. was talking about in twenty ten. Yeah, totally. Like you go you go back, you go back and like you said, Desmond Bishop, that was over 10, 11 years ago, and he was a short lived because of all the injuries. You have to go back almost fifteen years to get to Nick Barnett. Yeah. Like they've been looking for a good inside linebacker for a long time, 
And it looks like they found one Devondre Campbell. He's a street for, free agent. Exa- and he can run sideline to sideline. Which line. is insane. How about, how about some of the tackles that he made where he sacked uh, Kyler Murray, where it's like normally you watch a Packers team in the past and they would get pressure like that, and they're missing a play on a shifty quick yeah. Kyler Murray. Or they're just no. grabbing his face mask and twirling yeah, his head around he, like Rashawn Gary. He, he dropped <laughs> Kyler Murray routing. multiple times in yeah. the open field. And it's not even that, but it's like, okay, you look at Rashawn, uh, Rash- you look at Douglas. Rasul Douglas, you look at led the team that, in tackles last night. That guy, he's a monster. If you look at a healthy Green Bay roster, you have Jair Alexander, who is one of the top three corners in the league. Mm-hmm. You had Kevin King, who was a serviceable number two last year when healthy. You add Eric Stokes, who I know he was dealing with hamstring issues, but DeAndre Hopkins, outside of that one big play where Stokes let up for about half a second, mm-hmm. which is what got. Uh, Hopkins open. Yep. Hopkins didn't do a whole lot. And hey, two I know catches. He, I know he had hamstring issues. Two catches. But Eric Stokes has done more good than bad this year Correct. as a guy that's basically been thrusted into the number one corner position in the NFL and hasn't even played yep. eight games yet. It's been uh, incredible. Sorry, he's only played eight games. Yeah, it's been incredible. And then on top of that, those are supposed to be your top three. Chandon Sullivan was a guy that was your nickel last year, and obviously he, he kind of got picked on with Kevin King against Tampa. Rasul Douglas was expected to be like your number five. Yeah, he was yeah. like, he was like, if we see this guy in the field, it's over. He now, and then like, they signed. Where he is now, like we're, a starter. We're done. That's yeah. it. Then they also signed Quentin Dunbar, who didn't work out. But those guys were expected to be your five, six, yeah. seven cor- corner. And now look all at of him. a sudden, he's now thrusted in that number two position. He's making plays that win game for you. He's playing really yeah. good football, and it's a lot of them. You have the yeah. interception, the steal, and obviously, and RJ did say he led the team in tackles as well at nine. Yeah. Uh, one more, I'm going to hear a little more from Rodgers here with Aaron Andrews after the game on NFL on five. Russell Douglas, unbelievable. We talked all game, and I told you yesterday how Kyler Murray looked up to you, was very excited about meeting you. I'm sure not under those circumstances. What did you tell him? I said I respect the way he plays. He's starting off with, a, you know, with some incredible uh, years he's putting together. He's so talented, arm talent. Obviously, he runs all over the place. Um, so we'll see in the playoffs. You know, Kyler Murray is that new breed, the new era of quarterback. But here's the thing. The old guard ain't done yet. Hang on to your tractors. Here's another update. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, we will have some sunshine on the way, but it's going to stay crisp around the state of Wisconsin. 43, our expected high. Tomorrow, 43. Thursday, 47. And Friday, a high of 51 degrees. I'm Pam Youngke. Now, from the Alcivia Farm News Desk, here's what's happening on a Tuesday. Well, on this day, November 2nd, back in 1954, Wisconsin voters overwhelmingly opposed the idea of state-supported public education TV. The final vote, 662,000 versus 295,000. Folks did not want to see public television supported by the state of Wisconsin back on this day in 1954. Obviously, that uh, trend changed, and public television did get the support here in the state. On this day back in 1982, Ronald Reagan signs a bill to create Martin Luther King Jr. Day. It's now observed every year on the third Monday of January, but it started on this day back in 1982. Happy birthday 
to former Friends actor David Schwimmer, 55 years young as of today. And now you know. Well, we're going to be talking about this from time to time throughout the month of November. Yesterday, the Wisconsin Department of Ag, Trade, and Consumer Protection, along with the Department of Revenue, announced another round of finances going out to qualified Wisconsin farmers under the Farm Support Program. Stephanie Hoff visited with our own Wisconsin Ag Secretary, Randy Romanski, about the details. A third round of the state's $50 million farm support program is underway. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report, and folks should know to not throw away your mail. This time, eligible farmers will get a letter from the Department of Revenue with application information. DACAP Secretary Randy Romanski explains more. Beginning November 1st, the Department of Revenue is going to send a letter to farmers. And in the letter, farmers will obtain information about the program and a letter ID, which is required to complete the application. Uh, Those letters will be sent to farmers with at least $10,000, but less than $5 million in gross income. Okay, so similar to Phase 2. Correct, similar to Phase 2 of the the first time Governor Evers made funding available in direct payments, yes. Then with that code, they go online to apply? Eligible farmers can apply online through the Department of Revenue website, and that's uh, revenue.wi.gov. And farmers who did not receive a letter and believe they qualify, or farmers who cannot apply online, can request assistance by calling the Department of Revenue. And I will give you that number as well. It's 608-266-2772. And uh, Spanish and Hmong-speaking farmers uh, should also call that number for assistance. So it's Department of Revenue that you'll be calling, not DATCAP. Um, if you guys get calls, will you be sending them to Department of Revenue? Yes, we will say if people contact DATCAP uh, in, instead of the Department of Revenue, we will share that information or transfer them over to uh, Department of Revenue. We'll also have uh, information posted on our website to kind of cross-promote, but the important thing for people to remember is that they can apply through the Department of Revenue website, revenue.wi.gov. What are the dollar amounts we're talking here? How much money total is allocated to this farm support program round three? Well, Governor Evers has has dedicated $50 million in direct payments uh, through the federal ARPA dollars. Uh, And that is the same amount that the governor made available in uh, the first round of uh, of farm support program uh, payments. In that case, $50 $50 million was distributed to about 15,000 farmers uh, who applied. Are you anticipating the same amount of farms will get money this time around, 15000 It's unknown at this point, Stephanie. The, the important thing that we're telling people is that the Department of Revenue is going to send something out in the mail to, to farmers who are within that income uh, bracket, uh, and they should apply. Once all the applications are, or once the application period has closed, uh, then the Department of Revenue is going to distribute the entire $50 million. So um, that amount of money that each farmer will get will be depending on how many people apply. Okay, so we don't know yet the most amount of money a farm can get. Correct. There's not a sliding scale that's been set up this time. This time it's just been uh, the, uh, the application process has been streamlined, and uh, and. Once the application period is closed, then however many farmers are that get in are going to be receiving funding. One thing I'll mention is that 
the uh, the letters are going out to farmers starting today. Uh, the application link will be live at 8 a.m. on November 8th. So the, while the letters are going out today, uh, people probably won't see them uh, arrive in their mailbox for a few days. And even if you don't have your letter and you think you apply, uh, you can contact the Department of Revenue uh, at that phone number or at their website that I mentioned, just in case you have questions. Good to know that, that the website will go live shortly after those letters start going out. And the application period closes on November 29th? Yeah. The goal, that the governor said uh, from the beginning, was to, try, was to try and get the dollars out to, to people before the end of the year. So that's the goal, is to try and make sure that uh, checks, are, checks are in the mail and in farmers' hands by the end of the year. Secretary, I also wanted to ask, what fueled the decision to do this program again? Well, the governor understood that COVID-19 affected uh, agriculture and farmers immediately, and, and there were some significant disruptions in the supply chain. Seeing how hard uh, they were hit by the pandemic, uh, Governor Evers understood that it was important to uh, jump in and uh, uh, provide some assistance to farmers who never stopped working during the pandemic. And while the initial disruptions in the supply chain uh, showed up through things like uh, farmers having to dispose of milk or uh, the supply chain disruptions in the meat processing industry or, you know, in some cases, what made it to the shelves in grocery stores. There are still disruptions in the supply chain. It's just that those disruptions are in a different place. It might be farmers having to pay more for, for feed, uh, maybe uh, harder to obtain equipment, uh, inputs uh, that, are, that are increasing in cost. So seeing that supply chain disruption now moving to the back, you know, uh, back end of this process as we continue to bounce back from COVID-19, the governor thought it was uh, once again time to step in and provide some funding in direct payments for, through the Farm Support Program. As DATCAP Secretary Randy Romanski said, this money can be used to relieve supply chain issues impacting the farm, such as rising costs of feed and goods due to transportation issues. Again, watch out for that letter. It'll come from the Department of Revenue to eligible farmers' mailboxes, and that online application will open on November 8th. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff. Like she said, the big thing for farmers and their families, don't just throw mail away or leave it stacked up on your desk. If you get a letter from the Department of Revenue, make sure you're opening it because it contains critical information for you to fill out your application for the Farm Support Program. Like I said, don't expect the letters to show up until starting today, the next couple of days. They won't begin accepting applications until November 8th. And the window of opportunity closes November 29th. So you know we're going to be all over this one for you, bringing you details as they become available. John Heinberg, Market Advisor with Total Farm Marketing, is bringing us details on the trade today in just a little bit. Markets right now have December corn up a half at 579. November soybeans are up a penny at 1238. We've got uh, December wheat up a quarter of a cent at 797. July new crop wheat's actually down two and a half right now at 793. Barrel cheese yesterday dropped six and three quarter cents to 175 and a quarter. 40 pound block cheese was unchanged at 167 and a half. 
Double A butter on Monday up a penny at a dollar ninety five per pound. Right now, November milk's unchanged at eighteen sixty eight a hundredweight. December milk is up four at eighteen sixty six a hundredweight. Wisconsin farmers using this dry weather to keep the harvest moving forward. As of Sunday, across the state of Wisconsin, we had. 61% of our corn harvested for grain. That's 10 days ahead of our five-year average. Moisture in that corn dropped to about 19% on average. 84% of our soybeans are harvested. That's six days ahead of our five-year average. 97% of the winter wheat is planted. 52% of fall tillage is done. And 67% of our pastures rated good to excellent. But we are going to have to keep an eye on that moisture situation already across the state. 3% of our topsoil moisture reported very short. A lot of that territory in northwest Wisconsin that was dry this growing season. So we'll have to keep an eye on that as well. Keeping an eye on what's happening in the marketplace. That's what John Heinberg's doing with us. He's our guest next. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. When you choose from several options, you're likely going to save money. That's what a family-owned, independent insurance place like ours can do. When other companies offer you only one solution, Madison's Prairie Land Insurance Agency offers you a wide array of personalized, affordable options. Is your current policy really the best? Talk to Prairie Land Insurance Agency, your local, independent, home and auto insurance agency. For your free insurance review, call 251-3009. Prairie Land Insurance Agency. Our best is the very least we can do. At Wiffles Hybrids, we're known for doing one big thing. Superior corn hybrids. Really, really well. But the truth is, it's only because we don't lose sight of all the little things. Wiffles Hybrids. Lots of little things done right. Little things include a customer-first philosophy, more seed reps per region for more personal contact, active and involved leadership, no hidden agendas, unmatched quality assurance, popcorn deliveries to your combine, taking jobs personally, no confusing rebate programs, and a few post-harvest dinners. For a complete list of all the little things that makes Wiffles Hybrids different, please visit Wiffles.com. Huh. Nice. Hardwood floor. Or is it? Sounds like a floor. It's not squishy. That's good. Floors aren't supposed to squish. Goes wall to wall, like good floors do. And I'm walking all over it. Usually... A dead giveaway that it's a floor, but it's not a floor. This is a mattress. Charlie Heidel's for 52 days. People like Charlie are scattered all across Dane County. And because the need is there, so are we. This year, we'll supply nearly $400,000 in bedding, furniture, clothing, and household items to people like Charlie. Just one part of the more than $1.4 million in food, shelter, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need. If you need to know about farming, then you need to know Pam Yonke. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, most importantly, it's the people we get to know, like John Heinberg, Market Advisor, joining us live this morning with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. We've been talking a little bit about the progress on the harvest and uh, some of the the good things that are coming with the cooperative weather. Do you notice anything on your radar this time around, John, be it uh, Wisconsin or elsewhere? Any delays that are going to catch the attention of the market when it comes to the harvest? 
Yeah, we're really watching the Eastern Corn Belt. That's one of the areas that's been hit with a lot of moisture and talking to some producers there. It's been a slow go. And, you know, some of the ratings, when you look at them compared to last year in terms of like Indiana and Ohio, you know, they are a little bit behind on that pace overall, especially on the on the soybean side. But the pace looked pretty good. Uh, you know, we're looking at basically soybean harvested at, you know, 79% done last year. We're at 81, but, you know, uh, or excuse me, five-year average was 81. Last year, we're at 86. But last year we were really pushing the crop off the field, and same thing on the corn side. Seventy-four percent uh, harvested there. Eight, you know, last year we're at eighty-one, but a five-year average is sixty-six. So you know, we're actually ahead of the pace on that five-year average. So things are moving along pretty nicely. Hopefully the weather cooperates for people and we can get things put together. Uh, but obviously watching where that, you know, you know those beans especially go because of just the supply side of the equation, uh, giving us a little push maybe on the overnight. You know, the other commodity that I've been keeping an eye on, actually two, uh, oats, which we've talked about before, but continue to blow my mind. If I had oats someplace, I would be digging them all out. And now wheat is suddenly turning hot. Yeah, those uh, those cereal grains and have really kicked it in, and you know, folk, you know, we talked about that old market again, thinly traded, so it moves very, very quickly sometimes. But you know, let's focus on that wheat market. Yesterday, we took the Chicago contract through the eight dollar barrier, actually trade another seven cents higher on the overnight session right now. That's up to a nine year high at eight oh four this morning. You know, that's something we don't like. I said haven't seen since two thousand thirteen. We'll see how this market continues to want to push. You know, to me, it's been more of the play against the food inflation side as well as buying acres here we're trying to get wheat out of the feed bunk per se and maybe more into the food side of the the equation so that's something that's definitely been moving this market in fact the strength i saw yesterday in the corn market was probably directly tied to the fact we had a 20 cent run in the oat market or excuse me the wheat market yesterday so that market is moving higher again this eight dollar barrier is a bit of a psychological barrier if we can stay above it it probably brings even some more money flow in and that's another side of this that seems to be pushing here is just the fact that Money just wants to be moving into the grains, especially that wheat market on the speculator side here, pushing this market higher just based on those headlines. Ooh, that means you better take action fast. Have you heard any anecdotal conversation about available seed? Now, we're talking, folks, about uh, food-grade wheat, so that might be a spring wheat option. Any anecdotal conversations about seed availability or any idea when the next acreage indicator will come out from the USDA? I haven't heard anything on so much on the seed side of the equation from talking to producers really hasn't had, had anything come across the table yet on that line. You know, we'll get our set next set of USDA numbers coming up here on, on next week in early no, on November 9th. Uh, that'll be our next USDA report where we'll see some yield adjustments and things of that nature. So the market might be starting to prepare itself for that. Expectations are for corn and soybean crops to get a little bit bigger here, but now we'll see what's going on with the demand side. That's really where some of the strength on the corn market's coming from is the prospects of improved demand numbers and tightening up that supply side. And we're pricing that in a little bit here as well. So we'll have to watch what those numbers come out to next week and, and see where we go from there. Right now, wheat planting progress is off to a good start for that hard red winter wheat crop, uh, but that's still not slowing things down. And as that price, that price also pushed a new contract highs here again this morning. Yeah, that's why, like I said, you can't can't turn a, a blind eye because uh, just about the time you think something has reached its top. Uh, that And explain for people again, John, we talk about that outside market taking sudden interest. These are people that wouldn't know a, wouldn't know a grain of wheat from, uh, from a block of cheese, quite honestly. 
Yeah, and that's what makes the market so different from where it was just even five or even ten years ago in that regard. We got the, the computer traders, the algo traders, they come in, they put in their program for the day, and it's just reading headlines, it's reading price moves, and it's trading quickly, and it, that's its plan for the day is to be a buyer or a seller based on what happens. And that's why we see the quick and sudden changes because all of a sudden if something triggers those computers to start buying or selling, this market moves rapidly. It makes it difficult as a for a producer, you know, to kind of manage that risk. But again, like right now, we got a lot of value. You just got to take a look at that value and somehow find a way to protect it. You know, ask yourself, what's your biggest risk every day and have something in place to be that insurance policy for yourself. You know, the doggone part is this stuff happens when we're already busy right up to our ears trying to wrap up the physical delivery of the crop out in the harvest. Yeah, this has been a really good rally. Again, in the harvest windows two years in a row, we've dealt with some type of price movement like this. And, you know, it makes it difficult as guys are busy. They got their focus on trying to get things done and dealing with all those issues. And then you got a market moving and, you know, a lot of questions. Do I sell it? Do I store it? And, you know, that's uh, just hard to shake out at this time of year based on, you know, what this market might be doing. And then you don't know what the longer term picture is going to be. There's just a lot of pieces in the fire right now. And again, manage that risk. That's still the key. I still say they ought to have you on speed dial and the rest of your crew at Total Farm Marketing. Don't forget uh, their website, TotalFarmMarketing.com, and remind them again. Quickest way to get uh, hooked up with you, John, because I think after the number of conversations we've had here on the show, they probably are starting to trust your judgment pretty good. Anytime, give me a call, 800-334-9779, or shoot me an email at johnh at totalfarmmarketing.com. Love to chat with them, just even if it's just a couple simple questions about the markets. I hear I'm going to physically get a chance to bump into you at our National Farm Broadcasters Convention, huh? Looking forward to it. It's always a good time to get down there and meet with people and uh, get some interviews put together. Uh, it's going to be a good trip. Look, just looking forward to getting down there or here in the next couple of weeks in uh, Kansas City. Yeah, finally, back to face-to-face. Good enough, my friends. We'll catch up with you next week. And again, if uh, you want to talk to John, call him, 800-339, make that 334-9779. Again, 800-334-9779 or totalfarmmarketing.com. John H. at TotalFarmMarketing.com gets you that email. And we'll catch up with John again next week. Like he said, got to keep your eye on what's at play in the marketplace. From my standpoint as a farm broadcaster, it's been entertaining to watch the oats and how fast they go up. And now suddenly our tension averted to what's uh, going on with wheat. Again, TotalFarmMarketing.com. He'll be back again with us next week, 800-334-9779. Got a question we can help you with? Use the Midwest Farm Report Talk text line 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276.